On this episode, we party like we're trolling Celine in 2021. It's finally happening. The band's so in your face, they give you both truth and soul. It's Fishbone. Part one on Checkered Past, the Skycast. What up, Checkerheads? Welcome to Checkered Past, the Scodcast with Celine and Rob, the show where uh, red hot chili Kona towns and uh, rage against the suicide machines explore the history and impact of a different band each episode, hope to bring in new fans along the way. I'm Rob, and this is my sister and co-host, Celine. Um, so did you do red hot chili peppers and popes of chili town? Was that what, or no, no, what, I, what I put was in, the first one? I put in the band Pepper has an, oh. has a band oh. Kona town, so I, oh yeah. See, see what that. I did there? Yeah. How about Rage Against the, the Suicide Machine? Yeah, that was good. One? That okay. was pretty clear. Yeah, that one was easy. Low-hanging fruit, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. What's up, Celine? It was good. Okay. Nothing. Everything's good. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of grilled cheese. Uh, we had brunch before we did this, so I'm thinking a lot about my grilled cheese. It was a great adventure. Uh, should we pick it up where we left off? I'd say so. Pick it up, pick it up. So Celine told me while we were at dinner the other night eating, what did we have? Chinese food? Chinese food. And uh, you said, Rob, remind me. I have a very important (laughs) armycology update. It has to happen on the podcast. Well, So here's your moment. There is big drama in the armycology community. For for sure. For those who are not caught up. There's a lot of subscribers to armycology. Can you remind everyone? Because this is the second time we brought it up. It's a subreddit on Reddit. <laughs> right. About? About mushrooms. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. So there was a user called Saddest of Boys. And because uh, there's a, a little known fact or maybe big known fact. I don't know. I don't know what you know about mycology. <laughs> uh, often like mushrooms are confused for slime molds. Mm-hmm. Um. Often. Really often. You'd be shocked actually how often. So is there is there moments on the subreddit where people take a picture, post it and say, Hashtag it's like a lot of people mushroom. Well, or people just be like, "ID this mushroom," right. and then people, people like, used to put a slime signal, which would call the saddest of boys. So you just tag saddest of boys because saddest of boys always knew whether or not it was a slime mold and always provided like a lot of res- resources okay. and like research about slime molds and was very passionate. So this is like the mold. president of the of the subreddit. No, no just no? a okay. big fan. The mods. Right. So the mods saddest of boys is out. Banned. Banned. Whoa. So the, the mods were came shitty. Down. So the argument is the mods are, are like kind of suck. And people are usually, most of the people from what I've seen are on Team Saddest of Boys and Miss Saddest of Boys. But Saddest of Boys is gone. That, it's really sad. What happened? We don't, they just got like, I think they were sick of the Speculate. slime mold. I think, Speculate. I think it was like too much slime mold talk. Right. And it was an R mycology. Not, not in the spirit. Yeah. They were like mycology, mycology purists. <laughs> Um, too much slime mold talk, and like, yeah, this which is sad. Our, but this, I'm on Saddest of Boys side, so this it's, isn't our slime. It's mold. just kind of taken, it's taken a little bit. Like the vibes are not as immaculate. The vibes <laughs> are not as immaculate on our mycology. Do you post or lurk on our slash? I mean, I have I have no mushrooms. I also follow our slash bathroom shrooms, and that's very scary. But I don't know why I do it to myself. It's just like there's a lot of like 
Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of situations that I'm very happy that I don't live in a humid climate because there's a lot of like unwanted mushrooms in a lot of places. But if you have mushrooms growing out of your home, like it is too late. That wood is rotted. Like you have a big problem if you're in a place of mushrooms. And so many people have bathroom shrooms. So many, so much that there's an entire subreddit about bathroom shrooms. I guess I did did have a passion for this. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything new going on? <laughs> I was trying to think about that. I don't know if I brought it up about the Ariane sent me this. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not about some some guy on a subreddit who was trying to make like a, a quick buck. And he had like this story that kept getting crazier and crazier uh, about how he was like uh, trying to import a bunch of platinum. And then sell all his platinum. This story is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember where it all went. It devolved into like several different investments and like all kinds of. Basically. Carrots. Carrots are the big one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just basically trying to. business choices. Yeah. Trying to recoup losses. And I think it was, I think it was on like an investment subreddit where like people are, you know, the kind of thing that like short sells GameStop, those kind of reddits. And they're like, wait, wait, do you know the price of, uh. I think it was even like uh, it was one of those situations where he thought he was going to make a bunch of money on futures. You familiar with how futures work? No, so God fu- no. So would I? I know too much about this stuff. Uh, yeah. So futures are uh, like it's a, like like buying a stock basically, but it's like a future stock that you're going to get. That's why it's called the future. Well, so it's usually things like I know the rap artist who correct. was married to Sierra. Yeah, and uh, he probably has a couple of these part of an investment <laughs> portfolio. Yeah. He. Uh, <laughs> You think future uh, has futures? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Future also has forwards. That's a, that's an investment joke. All right. Um, the, uh, so the way it works is it, it's like things like pork belly wheat. It's like things that you need to like create over time that you can't just like own right away. Right. Okay. Cause I'm right, really you, trying to pay attention. Okay. <laughs> Basically the idea is that you sell your contract before it expires okay. or else you get whatever that product is. Okay. So if you order a bunch of, pork belly you don't sell your contract in time you get a bunch of pork belly on your doorstep i mean that sounds nice and so that's what happened with this dude apparently he was trying to a bunch of carrots yeah and he was trying to off sell it to a bunch of people so (laughs) anyway i can't remember but by the end we were pretty sure that it was fake oh okay pretty sure it started off like it had feasibility baked in but then once too silly what and also once you saw like the time good story writing anyways yeah that's right like and it was in like Argentina at one point. Yeah, I remember that Seattle. devolving. Yeah, the story got happening. confusing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's good. Joey, no, I'm not gonna ask. <laughs> All right, Joey's good. Joey's fine. <laughs> We're absolutely thrilled to introduce our guests. They're the trombonist and drummer of Michigan-based ska band Poindexter, whose new album Treats is out late spring everywhere via Ska Punk International. Kenny and Justin are here. Hello, friends. Hello. Hi, welcome to the party. How are y'all doing? Uh, a little tired from the gig, but feeling pretty good. Did Stoop Fest, right? Yeah, yeah, all day yesterday. Yep. How, how that looks fun. Uh, Justin? Yeah, it was really fun. Um, it was a long day, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what time um, were you cool. on at? Uh, we started at 2.45, um, but I think a lot of us got there uh at like noon or around there because uh i know kenny played in a band before they played on they played our set so i think some of us went and seen them and then we ate and then 
played and then stayed the rest of the day. So, and it was very cold. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big day. Um, Very cold. Is it in someone's backyard? Yeah, it's in like several backyards all throughout Lansing. Um, Then it started to rain, so they moved it to like houses and um, halls where it sounds really bad in there. And um, (laughs) but it was yeah, it was a great time. That also makes it more tiring. Yeah. It didn't rain yeah. during our set. It didn't rain during our set. So that Okay, was... that's good. So you sounded it, good. It looked threatening yeah. though the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this doesn't look sunny. It looks fun, but it doesn't look sunny. <laughs> no, not a, it yeah, was late, late in the it... night it dropped down to like thirty seven degrees or something like that. Yeah, during Jerry's set, I couldn't feel my legs. <laughs> oh, what we're Googling. Are you Googling what that temperature what, is? 137, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, so, we need some. No, right. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? It, it, oh, degrees? that's cold. That's cold. That's yeah. cold. That's not happy. That's chilly. We're like 15 right now. Yeah, yeah pretty nice. That's chilly. That's funny because what, that what you're right. saying doesn't make any sense to me right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> What's that, like double that? I don't I'm just, know. What I'm matters just is dumb. we both agreed that it was chilly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's 59 degrees currently. That's fine. That's, That's an acceptable so many degrees. Uh, Kenny, who's your friend? It's very important that I know. Yeah, we have a sweet, sweet kitty. Uh, this is Tumbles, or as we like to call him, Stinky. Uh, Stinky. He's That's a baby. Really bad. Yeah, that looks like a little baby. Is very mad that I was at Stoop Fest all weekend, and yeah, is wanting my attention. So. Yeah. Yeah. We uh yeah we uh, consistently feature our pets on this uh, show. Yeah, uh, it's important. Yeah. Again, unfortunately, we don't have video, but that's okay. I'm okay with it because I get to see. Yeah. Tumbles. <laughs> it's very important that I get to see tumbles. <laughs> so let's start with our most important question. Tell us about your history with ska music, your checkered past, if you will. If you will. Kenny, we'll start with you. Well, I was skateboarding at a family picnic when I was like 12, and I had a cousin come up to me and said, hey, man, do you want to go see the Aquabats tonight um, in Denver, Colorado? And so I took him up on it. I came home with a black eye. I lost a shoe. I got grounded for like six months, and <laughs> I was just in love with ska, even though the Aquabats were not definitely not a ska band at that point. Uh <laughs> Travis Barker had long left the band and the horn section as well. So, um, and then from there, he just like burnt me uh, a bunch of CDs, like, you know, Lesson Jake and uh, Streetlight, uh, the specials. And um, that's how I got started. So, through my cousin Jonathan. So, if you're listening, Jonathan, thank you for getting me into Sky. <laughs> thank you, Jonathan. And like, where did it go from there? So after you heard a few mixtapes and whatnot, uh, what got you into the scene? That's a good question. I, I I started a ska band probably in like seventh or eighth grade, and I started Vicious. booking shows. Um, and uh, grew up in the suburbs, so it was really hard to just like find shows. So I just started booking them myself. So I started booking a bunch of touring bands. Early on, some of the bands I booked were like a billion Ernie's and mm. a lot of community records bands. I ended up playing with a billion Ernie's for a couple of years once I got older. 
Sweet. Um, so that's really how I got involved. I just booked a lot of DIY shows and um, started sneaking out of my parents' house to go to shows in Detroit or <laughs> Grand Rapids or Lansing. And um, yeah. And what about what year abouts would this have been? Like early aughts, mid aughts? Oh, uh, the Aquabats concert was in 2004. Right. Uh, up in, and I graduated high school in 2010. So, yeah, right around then, um, between 2004, 2010. The dark ages, as we like to call yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It's called dark ages. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I just went to a lot of, I mean, Mustard Plug. Uh, my high school band played with Mustard Plug a lot in Lansing and uh, Detroit. Um, so, Mustard Plug was really integral. I think I've seen them over a hundred times now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, growing up and seeing mustard plug and the suicide machines. And, uh, once they got back together, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of who else. There's a lot of really great Michigan ska bands. We are the union. Obviously I grew up going to their shows since I was like 14, 15. Um, and for more context, I grew up in Denver and I moved to Michigan when I was like, <laughs> Sorry, he's like grab my cat is grabbing at me for it's so for, for what we're seeing uh, we just see a, a ghost paw. paw come up and grab you he's just like, rolling hey. around in my lap so it's hard to like <laughs> focus but uh yeah i moved to michigan when i was uh in sixth grade and i uh, just kind of took what my cousin inspired in me and just started going to shows myself and dragging my friends along and i think kind of segue i guess into justin a bit there is something called the michigan ska forum so i log on my aol dial-up internet and (laughs) post on the michigan ska forum and i'm pretty sure that's how i met justin uh many many moons ago so that was a good way to find out about shows and scene drama and all that good stuff (laughs) for real (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that must have been fun yeah, we still talk inner, about inner politics. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good segue. So, Justin, over to you. What is your checkered past? Um, I guess to start, it was the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One soundtrack. Mm-hmm. With, uh, uh, Gold Goldfinger and Suicide Machines. The Suicide Machines track, New Girl, was the first song that played when I played the game, and I was just like, "What is this? This is so <laughs> awesome!" Uh, and then. My older brother, uh, named Jonathan as well. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't know about that. Big person. Yeah. It was not the same person, no. I don't think. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so my brother Jonathan uh, saw that I liked those bands. And so he was like, I got this album by this band called Big D and the Kids Table. It's called Good Luck. And so that was like the first real ska record that, truly blew my mind and from there i just my brother would buy cds and i would just mooch off of him (laughs) and listen to him on my cd player on the way to school and then i was in like a lot of terrible punk rock bands in high school but the dream was always to be in a ska band but then that never actually materialized until i met kenny so no and so, like, what was the impetus to start, like, a, a ska band? What were you thinking about when you that idea came together? 
I think I had already started forming a band and we were looking for horns and Kenny plays trombone. So I post, I don't even know if I post, I think one of the other members did another member posted looking for horns and Kenny is, you know, crazy enough to drive an hour (laughs) to where I was living to play ska music. And, uh, yeah, and then what what year was that about Kenny? Like 2010-ish? Mm-hmm. No, I think maybe you're a little earlier than that. I remember still being in high school, so like 2008, 2009. Um, but don't quote me on that. I, I don't have the best memory. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kenny and I have been trying to form a band ever since <laughs> that, 2009, because that band didn't go over very well. Uh, it's just hard to get eight people together as absolutely That's as we're bananas. still experiencing that to this day. People um, can't even do D and D, let alone <laughs> like get that many people for a band. Yeah. So, and especially because uh, this was, I mean, two thousand nine. So we weren't sending recordings of guitar or drums amongst each other. It was just we have to get together to actually play these songs together. There is no other way. (laughs) (sighs) No. And you were spread out around Michigan? Was that like the idea? Like everybody was just in different kind of pockets? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, there were, there were a few members in my area, but then a lot of them were near Kenny and then some were just (laughs) totally different places and trying to get, especially because, you know, that was a few years after most of, or we were still in high school or a few years after we were in high school. So, you know, I don't even think I had a car at that point. So I was trying to form Scott. I was, <laughs> I was trying to form Scott bands without a guitar and I was a drummer. So that's where my head was at. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like I, same, like my first band, I didn't drive. And, uh, I, I had to take the three buses, I think, because my drummer refused to go anywhere but his house. So uh, I had to go to, yeah, three buses, 60 minutes from my apartment to his house to drum. And we could not keep a guitar player to save our life. So uh, <laughs> it was. Relatable. And then we once in a while would get horn players. And after their first whatever jam session, they'd be like, I'm not coming back out here again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking three buses. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, nobody had patience for that. So, uh, you know, and that would have been the same time. That would have been 2008. Yeah, same same idea. And nowadays, it's nice to be able to, like, trade recordings and stuff. Makes that whole business a lot easier. Um, yeah, as, and, as terrible as COVID was, that definitely opened the doors to uh, being more, uh, uh, being more, I'm, I, I'm having a brain fart right now, but just... The idea of sending recordings wasn't very uh, no. I, practical. I feel like it pushed <laughs> the technology further too, faster. Yeah, even like video chat has like improved a lot. I think because of the pandemic and distanced collaborative songwriting is like has exploded like crazy. Engineer Joey in the chat. <laughs> yeah, it just twist that knob down. <laughs> <laughs> Get off the mic! Just says something nice. <laughs> Joey, get out of here. Yeah, that's what we're saying. I didn't say that, Joey, just to be clear. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, so for, for our listeners who are uninitiated, since uh, your first, uh, I guess, is, your, is this your first full length that's coming out? Yeah. You had the EP before, yeah. So That's exciting. Uh, yeah, maybe tell us a little bit about sort of your band, what you're going for, what the what the album's all about so that we can get kind of a taste. Uh sure. Uh so Poindexter, um we started in like 2019. Uh, a couple of us, Gracie, our singer and our bass player Nick and I used to be in a band together. Uh, whose name I won't mention. I'll leave it to everyone to go find it on the internet. Dustin, huh? dare say I, it. I love their old <laughs> band. It, they were awesome. Um, I don't agree, but uh, <laughs> Justin likes it. Um, so anyways, we like we did a couple tours and broke up. And um, a couple years later, uh, I had been playing in like hardcore bands for a couple years and got really jaded on that. So I told everyone I wanted to start um like a thrash metal ska band actually that's cool <laughs> i was really into like power trip and propaganda and stuff at the time uh um, oh, yeah so that was the original idea and then soon we realized that uh i think that my therapist was kind of like hey you should play play music that doesn't make you want to like uh scream your head off Um, i know they're always (laughs) recommending that (laughs) maybe not um so (laughs) then we were like let's go the complete opposite direction and just do like a pop ska band but have gracie sing instead of me and um i just started asking people to join like justin and um some others and then uh gracie our singer originally is from michigan uh, we all grew up, most of us grew up in the same area, about an hour from where Justin is in the Detroit area, in a suburb called Clarkston, which is near Flint, Michigan. And then, uh, so Gracie moved to California um, right as the, like the week the pandemic started, so that made it really hard to do anything for a while. And then um, probably in like t- last year, about a year ago, uh, Justin and I had actually kind of stepped out of the picture. I was teaching high school and Justin was dealing with a lot of his life stuff too. And we stepped back in the picture and then we started working on this album um, and added two more people from California. <laughs> Why not? Uh, we added Nate Fung, who is our keyboardist and guitarist. Uh, he also plays in like the Maxis and Odd Robot and a bunch of other bands. And then Emily Williams. Twitter personality, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Emily Williams from uh, every ska band right now. Uh, okay. Uh, we Are the Union and uh, Jer um, most recently. So um, Treats is an album. It's going to be 10 songs that we've been working on last year and writing mostly remotely. And um, um so like yeah, three of us live in California, five of us live in Michigan. Um, I think I'm running out of steam. What do you want to say about it? There? <laughs> that was great. Yeah. <laughs> no, keep going. I don't have to talk. It was awesome. Steamboat <laughs> Willie. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead there. Um. Yeah. So, like Kenny said, uh, Kenny and I stepped out of the picture. I was just having issues with work. Like I was working a t- I was working too much and felt. Look at that cat. Yeah, Tumbles. that cat is being so ridiculous. <laughs> he's being a menace. Tumbles oh the my stinky God, I boy. Love him. <laughs> yeah, he's being extra stinky. 
you can just tell. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell. Oh, yeah. You can yeah. tell he's a stinker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love him so much. You can't tell him what to do. No. As you were saying, I guess Tumbles really Sorry. wants to hear this. Sorry. Here, Justin. <laughs> Sorry. I got cut off by a cat. It's fine. <laughs> There are very worse things to be cut off from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I was just working a lot and didn't feel like I was provide or you know doing a lot for the band, so I kind of stepped away. And then at some point, I was just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, <laughs> I, I just I don't care about my job. It, whatever, I'm gonna make this work. And uh, yeah, yeah, so I rejoined like last summer. And then we started writing these songs. Um, we had, when I left, they got a new guitarist, Kevin. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot to mention Kevin. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Poor Kevin. Yeah. I Poor just Kevin. Imagine Kevin has always been there because they're such a natural fit, like, honestly. So that's probably it is strange because when I rejoined the first, like, rehearsal we had, Kevin and I just had this weird like connection where we would just jam and a lot of the stuff on this record is from the first few times we rehearsed together just kind of goofing around together i don't know what it is but we just have this weird connection where we kind of know and feel what the other one is trying to go for that's Um, rad that's rare also it is very rare um i remember talking to kenny after after that first rehearsal and just being like I don't know what it is with that dude, but I like him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so just been writing for the past year. Um, we got in contact with Chris from Scott Punk International, which I didn't really, honestly didn't really know anything about. Boo, uh, that label. we hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he stinks. Yeah, he's don't stinkier li- than stinky. <laughs> yeah. He's a stinky man. <laughs> yeah, he's a stinky, stinky man. I met him in person. Stinky. <laughs> he's gonna literally. He's going to listen to this. Yeah, one hundred percent. Don't Take drop. It out, make it his ringtone. <laughs> Don't drop us from the label, Chris. Yeah. Please. <laughs> we have less to lose. <laughs> that wasn't me. That was yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was all me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, you got in contact. Yeah, and so. Um, he was like, I love your band. I would love to do something with you. I'd love to, uh, release something. And I've been in so many bands that are so terrible and nobody likes them. So for anyone to be like, (laughs) for anyone to be like, I like this music that you're making and I want to put out a record with you just blew me away. So I love Chris. Um, that's relatable i a lot of people i've shown the podcast too like we have a way more we don't really have much of a local following all our fans are like in the states and whatever but yeah chris is like i like your stupid podcast and i'm like really no one else does <laughs> <laughs> uh, it feels good it feels yeah. good when chris believes in you still stinky still stinky that doesn't mean this validation <laughs> isn't important to me yeah. i haven't met i haven't met chris in person so i, I don't know if chris stinks but <laughs> if and when Chris stinks, that's a good song title. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, everybody's all spread out in the band. So what is uh, what is performing live look like? Uh, is it kind of like a rarity? Like, oh, that's a million dollar uh, question, apparently. 
<laughs> no, I'm just laughing because I spent all day yesterday being like, oh my god, this is a clusterfuck. Oh my god, you guys, what have we done? This is a train wreck. <laughs> and then we always like play the set and it's really fun awesome. and cathartic. But uh, yeah, performances are a rarity. Um, we pretty much have to like kind of pull our money together, those of us who um, are fortunate enough to like have... Um, jobs that allow us to have some disposable income like to fly Gracie and um uh Nate out for shows um but yeah we like we kind of never really I personally never thought we would be able to get our shit together (laughs) enough to play a show and then once um you know Nate joined and Justin came back and Kevin joined it all just kind of coalesced so hopefully shows have become less of a rarity um rehearsals as well like i the other part that sucks is i live i live in michigan but i'm about three three and a half hours away from justin and the core of the michigan crew um so i'm not at practice often so it's like yeah it's it's tricky but uh everyone really wants to do it and make it make it happen somehow i think so well, that's amazing that you are able to do it at all. So congrats. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah. We're excited for the album. We decided on uh, talking about Fishbone today. Mm. So what was the uh, what was the decision to, to talk about Fishbone? What's your history there? I mean, they've been my favorite band since I uh, went to FYE and I was looking for something a little different than like Less Than Jake or Sublime. Uh, you know, and I'd seen them like I think I was like on Wikipedia just looking at like the list of ska bands, um, and saw like their album artwork, and I found their ascent the essential fishbone at Fye, and uh, I mean I just played the shit out of that for years and still do so. Um, and Justin's the other member I know that uh enjoys fishbone a lot because, um, in my experience, I don't know how this is with everybody, like people at least in the ska and punk world, they're either like, yeah, I fucking love Fishbone, or like, nah, man, that's too weird. Like, those guys are all over the place. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I'm, th- I'm that guy. Celine? <laughs> do you want to talk about your well, history Well, okay, Fishbone? well, no, I don't, but I have to. Yeah. Uh, there's always, like, a point in many of the <laughs> podcast episodes where I say, like, early on, I've been, like, very bold, and then I have to, like own up to things especially in front of people <laughs> i respect so that's always something that i do um well a one important fact is like i think i've, I've only heard a couple songs and i thought they were white dudes and i'm just saying that would it that not change the vibe would that not change the vibe entirely and i like kind of feel like i may have confused this them with primus for a bit <laughs> as well so i'm not proud of what i've done i want to say so it was I like just being honest running, about what i've done it was a running joke in when we started the pod in 2021 that Celine hated Fishbone, and we were like thought it was just the funniest thing because and now everyone likes to show me songs individually <laughs> yeah it's like a, it became to a try thing. to convince me to like Fishbone, and then it was like around like i think it was last year yeah. When you found out they weren't a bunch of white guys. It and- makes them a lot cooler. I don't know what to say. It makes it a lot more legit and cool. I 
like I don't know what else to say. It's not even a weighted thing, anything added on to that that just completely changes it. it, it, it no, it, it really does. Yeah, I'm you're definitely so not to, wrong. Like, white suburban dudes putting out things and like I'm like, oh whoa, they're really like appropriating a lot of like <laughs> black music. But they weren't. They weren't. They weren't at all. And uh I think that's that's the best intro that we could possibly <laughs> ask for. Let's open up the time scotchine. <laughs> Boom. So the time scotchine takes us back to 1979. The resources that I had for this one was mostly the Fishbone documentary which is called Everyday Sunshine that came out about 10 years ago. Highly recommend people hunt it down if they can. Not terribly easy to find. I had to get it on Apple, I believe, or I illegally downloaded it. It was one of the two. I figured out a way to get it. Um, but it's very good. And it really is uh, details the history of Fishbone from their origins kind of to the present, focusing on sort of the struggles that they went through interpersonal with the corporate uh, record label industry and all that other good stuff. So, um, but I took a lot of quotes in there cause they interview literally everybody in the band and uh, pulled some of my details out of there. Uh, I also got an interview with Rolling Stone for, that was contemporary to the time and some stuff on Wikipedia just to kind of pad it out. So this is South central LA 1979. Here's the context of what the 70s in L.A. was like. South Central was a predominantly black and immigrant area that was being heavily repressed by the LAPD. Growing movement of people were radicalizing to upend the racism of the political infrastructure from formal groups like the Black Panthers to gangs like the Crips and Bloods. Despite the anger, there was a heavy musical culture spurred by church gospel, funk, and disco. And due to the lack of funding of proper education in the inner city, Black activists pushed for reintegration, and the busing program was born. So Norwood and Fish Fisher, Kendall Jones, Chris Dowd, and Dirty Walt were of this group, taking the bus daily into the white suburban San Fernando Valley. Fish and Norwood were already playing music by the ninth grade, influenced by P-Funk and their ilk. They played uh, drums and bass. Kendall was the more intelligent member of the group, picking up the guitar and self-learning based on his love of prog rock like Rush. Oh, Dowd was the only person in the friend group who had a piano, and Walt was the ska guy. Enter Angelo Moore to totally disrupt the dynamic. He was local to the area and was surprised to see other black kids, so he immediately wanted to set up a friendship. This is what Norwood said about this. He kept sending me notes all day in like Bootsy speak, saying shit like Roto-Rooter all day, baby Baba. And I was like, who the hell is this kid? (laughs) (laughs) Angelo. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Angelo forced his way into the burgeoning group. And even though he was well taken care of in the San Fernando Valley, he wanted to get on the bus with the Fisher brothers, be around more people of color. Chris and Dirty Walt rounded out the team on keys and horns, respectively, with Angelo singing and playing sax. They they rehearsed in an apartment complex dubbed The Aquarium. The one thing they brought back with them from the Valley was the punk rock, which at the time was largely the UK variety, such as The Clash and The English Beat, 79, 80, in that area. Norwood said, we like punk because it scared the shit out of all the old people. After jamming at the Fisher residence almost daily, they eventually got the nerve to perform at their school's Battle of the Bands. 
After taking home the gold, they felt it was time to level up. By the time they were graduating high school, L.A. was overtaken with punk bands like the Circle Jerks and Black Flag, responding to the election of Ronald Reagan and the escalating Cold War. It was Fishbone, as they were called, that wanted to break into this scene. Sporting ska fashion and punk rock hairstyles, they wanted to stand out in a crowd. They got their first gig at Madame Wong's in Chinatown and blew away everyone's minds with their chaotic presence in which the rules did not matter. Mike stands would get knocked over, there was almost no set singer to any song, and band members would fly around the stage with reckless abandon. Even though the music struck a chord with white audience, despite being an all-black band, black audiences were resistant. Here's what Angelo said about that. I would tell them, you should come out and see Fishbone. It's funky, it's black music, you should come check it out. We don't want to hear none of that stringy hair white boy music, is what they would say. It's frustrating when your own people don't want to come out and represent. They don't want to give you props for what you're doing. After playing any gig they could get their hands on, they got a rabid following and would play with bands like the Thelonious Monster and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Roger Perry would manage them throughout the club-going days and help them stay busy. Barely out of high school, they get signed to Columbia and their six-song EP under the guidance of New Waver, David Kahn, who helped the youngsters, quote-unquote, grow up. And David said this about them. Angelo would come in and it was like he was Angelo doing an impression of Angelo. I was like, just sing. You're weird enough. Trust me. (laughs) 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 And that is where we'll start. Slam. The Fishbone EP, the self-titled six-song monster. Uh, Let's uh, let's, uh, play a song and let's all talk about it. So uh, let's start with uh, Party at Ground Zero. Because why not? This is one of the ones that was sold to me. To try to get me into it. And you were sold immediately. Because it's I a will great song. Let everyone else have fun. <laughs> fun fact this song was in Camp Nowhere, the Disney Channel movie. Ah, that's was funny. I could see this working well in that context. Also, fun fact I just discovered that two months ago. So. <laughs> Probably not this part. Probably just the like party part. I'm assuming was in the Disney movie. Unless this part was in it. That's kind of wild. It's just the Scott part. It was. Uh, yeah, I was like, this would be crazy. It's, it's kind of one of those. Yeah, it was one of those Disney montages where they're like rebuilding a house. It's like, come on, guys, let's build a house together, and then they listen to Scott. They include the weird timing part when they like run into a problem renovating the house. <laughs> no, Bashing they they successfully yeah. built that house. <laughs> oh, okay, so they didn't need that part. No. <laughs> so so apparently, like the the reason why they played the the ska that way is they thought they were just playing reggae really fast. That was what they did. They actually uh, s- sort of didn't realize that ska was much <laughs> of a thing at first until someone showed them. Like, oh, they're like we were doing fast reggae. <laughs> we were doing fast reggae. I guess ska, like ska punk, like two tone was a thing already, and it kind of like reworked what they were doing at the time. Uh, how do you uh, you both feel about the F- Fishbone EP? Yeah, I think it's in it's uh, truly incredible. Uh, the first time I heard it, I was just like, 
this is like I think I think Gwen Stefani says it in the Everyday Sunshine thing. Like it just sounded like it's coming from outer space, or somebody from the Chili Peppers said that. I don't remember, but uh, <laughs> it's just like I was like, "What the fuck is happening? This is like the coolest thing I've ever heard." Um, I remember seeing the Party at Ground Zero music video like on a DVD that a friend had I forget I think it's a reality in my surroundings DVD I'm not sure um and just being like this is so weird what is happening like the video itself is very weird so um yeah it was just weird and out of this world I always always saying like sometimes Angelo Moore is really channeling George Clinton and uh you can kind of get it in a lot of these songs definitely in their funkier songs but I'd say all over this place he's like putting putting one on from like crazy vocal affectations all over the place. It's what kind of makes it sound so different. Um, yeah, yeah the, it is uh, It is weird to keep reminding yourself that they were on a major label from the get-go and releasing music videos in the heat of MTV because they're not that band that is remembered. Uh, like the Everyday Sunshine, they kind of talk about how it, it, they like weren't, they never really got huge but they were in that place where all that stuff was still happening. It just, they were not the band that broke out in the documentary. Um, and I remember there's something I read where it was like going back to the, like the, um, they thought they were playing fast reggae part. That was like dirty Walt came in and showed them the selector and was like, this is ska music. And, um, I think that David Kahn, the producer had really, um thought that party at ground zero was gonna like break it because two-tone was doing so well in the uk um a few years before that it was i think this came out in 85 if i'm correct yeah but madness and bad manners would still be like like chomping off records like crazy at this point too so it still would have looked viable yeah yeah so there was that and then it just didn't really happen and i think it's Kendall in a documentary interview where he talks about like after that EP, we didn't want to be like frat boy ska, like uh, party at ground zero. Um, so yeah. Justin, how do you feel about the EP? Uh, this is actually the first time I've listened to this EP. I've heard select songs from it throughout the years, um, like Lioness Bitch and Party at Ground Zero. But yeah, this EP is very chaotic. Like in the best way, um, it's just you never know what is going to happen at any given point, and that everything changes so suddenly. Like, I don't know. It's really cool just listening to it, through it all the way. Um, some of it, I feel like <laughs> some of the songs are a bit too long for me. Like a six minute, <laughs> yeah, a six it. minute ska say song is not less. my jam. But <laughs> say less, Fishbone. Say less. Say less about Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. That's actually my favorite song. That's for sure my favorite song. I was that that people should have shown me that. You should people should know me better. That's the one song I liked almost the best. That song Definitely is great. The EP. That was really fun. That was things turned around for me. But yeah, all, three minute songs are are cool with me. Six minutes, yeah. I I kind of check out. But yeah. agreed. <laughs> all of them are very good, and obviously they're very talented. So they were I know it was meant to channel like I think they're trying to go direct from their live performance right onto record like this wasn't there's almost no studio trickery. It was like do the crazy shit that you're known for doing and do it in the studio. 
uh, and we're just going to pop out whatever whatever that sounds like. And this is definitely before Kendall got into like a lot of heavy metal, and uh, so it doesn't have as much like wild guitar-y parts as you'd hear in like the later records. Uh, and that it doesn't have like even the new wavy stuff that you'd hear in the next record. It's pretty much exclusively a ska record, like as as close to pure ska as Fishbone gets, I would say. Yeah, it's like ska and funk and whatever the fuck uh, the song Modern <laughs> Industry is. I don't oh, know we how play you that. Ca- classify <laughs> that, um, but it's a great song. <laughs> and this is, uh, again, channeling the George Clinton thing, like on the album Mothership Connection by Parliament, where they just like riff off radio stations and act like they're a bunch of aliens. Yeah, they're big. Uh, they're big P Funk fans, which is how they got fan uh, hooked up with Red Hot Chili Peppers because that's like their whole do- whole deal as well. Yeah, you think they're both big fans. Um, I think that they are legit dudes who are. I really respect them as people, and I really respect <laughs> what they were doing at the time. And that song about Godzilla is cool. <laughs> and that's what I think about this song. This was a single. That's crazy. Yeah. I like I... that they're being weird. I'd rather them be weird than boring. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was very surprised to learn that this was a single. Because I listened and it to had it. had a video. A yeah. really wacky-ass video. This is almost boingoing for me. They're big boingo fans. Oh, they're boingo heads, hey? Yeah, yeah. Do you think they're friends with Elfman? Do you think Andrew, they would have been contemporary? Yeah, yeah. Angelo yeah. Moore and Elfman. Yeah, I wonder if they have each other's number. Like not figuratively. <laughs> like I wonder if they actually. <laughs> I wonder if they have each other's number. Do you think if like a third person was in a room when the two of them were talking that nobody would know what the fuck they're talking? about? I think it would be wild. I don't know if either yeah. any three of them would know what any of the other three were talking about. <laughs> Just be like, uh, what? <laughs> in the Everyday Sunshine uh, documentary, Angela Moore would just like uh, randomly just start doing beat poetry, and then just like walk away. <laughs> just do it like just randomly, just walking around, saying all kinds of nonsense, and then just walk off. And you're like, oh, okay, a true artist, really. <laughs> he, uh, he he did that when I met him in person once. He just started doing like spoken word. I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> the guy's the guy's brain is like operating on a different level. Um, I do have lion ass bitch. We might as well play it because I want to hear what Slim has to say about it. I just get tired of hearing because we've listened to so much God. So much of it is the, the bitches you lose. There's just so much about women being bitches. It just does get it does get tiring after a while. <laughs> We were supposed to talk about Real Big Fish today, and we didn't. Thank God, actually. I was thinking that. <laughs> I kind of like the, like, lady vocals, though. Who is this? Yeah, I'm trying to remember her name. Because she has a co-writing credit on this song. Yeah. So she also helped write it. It feels better when you're talking about a lion aspect when at least a lady is present. <laughs> Maybe she was. Maybe they both agreed she was a lion ass bitch. Yeah. She's like, this is me. Maybe she this really was a lion ass bitch. <laughs> it's like the epitome of Scott. 
this song. Like, Fishbone Ska is this song. Like, <laughs> at least musically, anyway. Her name is Lisa Grant. This is the only credit she has on Discog, so I'm assuming it's all she did. This it was mostly like just their their buddies that they were hanging out with. It was probably f- someone from their school, right? Yeah, that's fun though. From the aquarium, <laughs> people. Um, the only other song I have before we take a break, and this is not on the album, but I would have put it on there because it was recorded at the same time. This is uh, Skankin' to the Beast. All right, I lied. This is the epitome of Fishbone yeah. Scott. <laughs> I mean, it's right in the name. I, I remember watching uh, Say Anything for the first time and yep. hearing this play in a scene. And my younger brother and I, this is before, obviously, you could Shazam anything. So we were like, what the fuck is this song? We scoured the internet until we could actually find it. Like, taking pieces of lyrics, Googling them. Uh, it's, uh, and this was the song that and John Cusack is actually playing on the yep. stereo in this scene. So a different song plays, obviously, because it's not a romantic song. But when they filmed it, he really? just was playing Fishbone, yeah. That's kind of badass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He loves Fishbone. Noted big Fishbone fan. And I think that's how it got in the movie. That's cute. Yeah. And this was the... This is the fun song. It's incredible. This is a fun song. And it's short. Yeah. that's I. Like and I like when long. I like when they get punk. Yeah. I like when they get punk. And I like when they do ska most of the time. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes I like when they do ska. And so overall, you're giving the EP like a half a tone. There was a couple jams. Okay. I like that song about Godzilla. (laughs) All right. And uh, we'll get into the next little phase of their career after we take a quick break. More Fishbone. Welcome back to Checkered Past. Crew is here with Kenny and Justin from Poindexter. We're talking Fishbone. So we just finished talking about the EP, and here's where we go next. The band became an overnight critical darlings and were spurred into massive international tours. This is where Angelo became more and more the front man, much to Dirty Walt's chagrin, who wanted to be a huge rock star, and resigned himself to write just one great song. They needed to hit the studio almost immediately to get out 1986's In Your Face Produced once again by Khan and showed the band incorporating a lot of new wave and funk. Didn't quite get the band the same level of clout, but didn't slow their progress. Let's talk about In Your Face by listening to the opening track, When Problems Arise. Which also had a video, right? I remember. Yeah. It's a bunch of people dancing and shit the whole time. Norwood's going crazy now. He, was, um, he, he went for it on the EP, but now he's, he's in his zone. So uh, there's multiple vocals. Yes, like multiple, or just one singer the whole time. This early, they were kind of swapping around. Yeah, but, right? But Angelo did most of it. Most of it? Okay. This is Angelo here. Yeah, it's Angelo. Yeah. Okay. We rehearsed on Friday for Supus, and I was singing this while I was walking into rehearsal. Ah. It's like... 
and he was like, Are you singing when problems arise? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is kind of fun. This also is a little boingo. This is boingo. This is, I like, and spooky. So you got me on spooky. This I don't mind. This I don't mind. This I was. This is good. It's good walking music. And it's scary. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> it is. Wait, hold on, hold on. Ah! Oh. A good, good, good Angelo Moore. <laughs> it's chasing you. A good, good, good fishbone. <laughs> How did you feel about this album? <laughs> Actually, this was the highlight. For this me. one? Wait, no, I'm lying. The last one I listened to was okay. the highlight. So it, is this... that a common? I'm excited to hear what other people like fishbone heads say. It... Boneheads? Bone uh, fishbone soldiers. Is that what the fandom is called? Yes, oh, yeah. that seems like a lot, but that's fine. <laughs> I mean, everything they do. Like, is I guess, a like lot. a kiss <laughs> army. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they totally missed out on calling them boneheads. And then the boneheads <laughs> yeah. boneheads are boning in the boneyard. Come on. Right? It's all it's all synergetic. You just gotta just What like, do you what does everyone else how does everyone else feel about this? Go to our guests. Yeah, our guests. Uh I just remember playing this song on repeat on my C D player on like family vacation and just like being in awe of the bass and how it just how Norwood can really drive the song and um i've always been a huge fan of kendall jones although there's not a ton of guitar on this song when like the guitar solo-ish part like kicks in towards the end like kendall's tone is just like i don't know exactly what i want to hear in a guitar player so i've always loved that song our former former and future guest kmoy other kenny uh, oh, his yeah. theory is uh, that Kendall Jones is the most important member of Fishbone. I completely agree. He's. Yeah. I'm excited for their new material, but he's sorely missed. And it's funny because I was talking to Rick Johnson, who we were just talking about. He's like, I thought Kendall was back because their new guitarist, Mark Phillips, looks a lot like Kendall now. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> you can't really, yeah, like how Kendall looks because he's played with the band like here and there sporadically in the last couple of years, but you can't really tell the two apart, but he's sorely missed from the lineup. How do we feel about the new Fishbone song? So four of six original members will be uh, on the new, on the new record. That's, that's coming pretty out. good. I, it, I, I think I, I talked to Justin about it at first. I was a little like, uh Oh, I don't know if I like this. Cause I was so excited to hear it. Uh, but it's really growing on me and, uh, I love that John Stewart's back on drums because he's awesome, but Fish is uh, a legend. So it's kind of sad when Fish left again because I was excited to hear what he was going to do drums wise. But Justin might be able to speak to that more as a drummer. I don't really have much to say other than I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited. That's, that's pretty to, much it. <laughs> I talked yeah, about no, it briefly I'm... with Chris on on our group chat. Uh, and he was, uh, he's not, he's non plus, <laughs> he's not excited. Uh, but I'm, I'm stoked because was it about uh, the production value? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we're in the SPI discord and there was a whole day where it was just everyone listening to fishbone and being like, this production is fucking terrible. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, kind of, but I, I like it. And then I just didn't say anything for a whole day. <laughs> didn't Fat it's, Mike produce it? 
Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. And so that's why I Whoa, slam like, on Fat Mike. So that's why I like it. Whoa. Because it sounds like Fishbone being produced by a skate punk album. And I was like, this actually sounds pretty good. I'm into it. <laughs> uh, Maybe it's just not what people were expecting. Our guitarist, uh, no, especially Kevin, was very vocal about uh, their displeasure with the production. At, I mean, they hadn't released it. Well, it's another EP, but it's been a long time since their last re- record, right? Their last EP was, what, 10 years ago almost? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it was 2015, I think. So yeah, that's a long ass time ago. I guess there's not much to really expect that they'll do the same as anything. They just always are kind of sounding weird. Stuck in your throat was a ride. I've listened yeah. to it a few times, but I was like, man, this is a ride. Uh, this is this is for somebody. That was the second <laughs> thing. So someone. I had the essential fishbone and then I bought that and it was just like, is this the same band? Like what? <laughs> Because it's really, in some ways, you could argue that it's not because at that point it was just Angelo and Norwood remaining. Right. Um, and I'm just like, what were you guys smoking? What kind of weed were you smoking on this record, man? Because this is a fucking roller coaster from hell. Uh, I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> it's I just do all not want to buy that weed. <laughs> no, I mean, I love it. But, uh... A roller coaster from hell is like, honestly, like truly struck fear into my heart. I was like, that sounds so scary. Tell me who your dealer is and <laughs> yeah. never bring him around here. Okay? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't want to go on a roller coaster of hell. At. Uh, so let's listen to another track. Let's listen to Charlie. I guess in uh, in your face is still pretty like uh, goofy. They hadn't really gotten like serious yet. They were still uh, in. I can't remember what Kendall called it. Clowns. Yeah. <laughs> called them like their clown their their clown phase. Yeah. It, he's the one that really wanted to move them away from making a bunch of joke songs. Song for someone. About ladies. Yeah. You don't like horny fish bone songs. I, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't want to take that away from them. Because I know that there's another song coming up that you really don't like. <laughs> I was kind of listening to this and not very, not really paying attention to the lyrics. So I thought, it, I thought it was a very positive song about like thicker women. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> This is cool. And then I totally missed the part right in the beginning where they're like, like, you know, a hoe should. I'm like, oh, yeah. wait. Uh. Right. Yeah, that's not as good. Yeah, I like the big thighs part. Yeah. I like the big thighs part. I'll say that. The drums good are song. so good on that song, too. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about Fish? The man. Uh, I don't know anything about Fish the Man. <laughs> I just know the music. Uh, Fish the Man. What about Fish the Band? Fish the, yeah. ma- Fish the Band? I know a little bit about. <laughs> I bet you there's Fishbone Fish crossover fans. Not Maybe me. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> not me. Not me. <laughs> I mean, okay. if it was like 1993 and you were like 21, weed, smoking weed, smoking weed, and both fish and fishbone were like next to each other at the record store, and you got both, you probably were having a good time. 
not for me yeah. not for me also not for me also i don't know why i was like i mean i was six so i didn't have that experience <laughs> um i'll probably never ever listen to that song ever again i like that song that's a good one i also I like, like the essential fishbone i like the last song the last song was great um, how do you feel kenny sorry you had a, a thought uh no i was just are you guys talking about charlie she doesn't like charlie yeah i know Okay. Oh yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I I think I finally like finally got it. I was listening to an interview where Angelo talks about it, like why they had so many horny songs. You know, like I'm pretty sure "Knock It" on this record is also a horny song, and then um, on some of their other records, they were like, we wanted to piss off white people who told us not to be horny as black men and i literally you know. just said i don't want to take it away from them yeah, i was like yeah. oh, this is gonna like have a deeper thing to <laughs> no. it yeah yeah and he was just like you know black men are always like pit like stereotype is being too sexual so fuck you totally. we're, gonna, we're gonna be out and about about it but it's like uh yeah there's definitely times when it's like um I'm trying to think of other songs where like it's it's um yeah a little too much there's songs on reality in my surroundings like uh nasty man like that and right um where it's just like all right you guys you guys love fucking cool <laughs> like it's a mood it's a I whole think you mood. can be like <laughs> it's a horny without it being degrading though absolutely and you know like it's not even about the hornies and also like not to go in on a song that other people like but i just truly don't like the song and i wouldn't i wouldn't i didn't say i don't like their horny songs i guess like it has been that way but oh i i just saw the trajectory (laughs) and i did think they were white initially and really changed the vibe man that would change the vibe of that song holy shit okay i hadn't heard that song before so yeah fair enough that doesn't play into this specifically uh I, I just the last song from uh in your face i've queued up as a selection and then yeah that's all yeah. we'll going with that one yeah so this is like in their having their new wave fun i think i think their producer was really like okay let's let's start to try to think about writing hit singles fellas yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, more songs about fucking. Yeah. <laughs> no, we want to piss off people. That's fair. Which they've said mo- multiple times. That was probably what got in their way a lot of writing, like, truly big songs, is that they were all equally angry at everybody and wanted to make a bunch of, yeah, fuck you tunes. This kind of gives me uh, English Beat vibes, who I really love. Um, it's it's funny my spotify does the thing where after i finish listening to something cues up a, the next song and it's always click click by english beat yeah every time when i listen to fishbone and i'm like ah. to the point where one time i was like man they sound an awful lot like english beat on this song and i was like oh this is an english beat song that's why <laughs> <laughs> uh in your face is good it's top heavy this album has like really good songs like at the beginning and it starts that's, to wane a little bit. That's very true. Like a movement in the light um, is like the last, I wouldn't say the last one, but it's 
certainly the biggest like very good song on the on the first half of the record um that might be my actual favorite song on this record um i love the drums they're just very minimal and then the guitar comes in at some point i think it's like two minutes into the song which is very heavy um just very powerful sounding and then it goes back to just being like very <laughs> very mm. simple but it works i love that song and I, this record is yeah. very i love this record a lot actually it's one that I, people don't pay attention to enough because some of their later so- albums are so much more fan favorites i guess but this one gets overlooked quite a bit and i think unfairly so i think there's a lot of good songs on here i did make the uh, bold proclamation in our Poindexter Discord that I like this a little better than the next record that we're going to talk about um, and got got some shit for that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably deservingly so, but... <laughs> Here's the thing about Fishbone. They're in a lot of movies. Right. <laughs> that That's was a thing. Uh, one of the one they're most famous for being in is uh, Back to the Beach, uh, which was a screwball comedy with Annette Funicello. And they played a song called Jamaica Ska. Oh. Let's just listen to that. I don't have much of it, but this is something they did. This was the song that made Kendall say, let's start writing serious songs again. <laughs> you thought this was too much, that they were too much of a joke band by doing this movie. I'm kind of into this. This is fun. Is this an original Fishbone song? I thought no, this, this was is a cover. cover. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a cover. Byron Lee? Am I right? Yeah. yeah. It's a Dragonair song? Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. You like it? You I do like this song. Yeah, of course. I mean, the original's good. This is a fun cover. It's kind of in a silly movie, and it's a silly point in the movie. So. But I can see why uh, they were like, maybe we need to write. I can understand. Yeah, of course. <laughs> how about this part? I like being told how to dance in songs. I think that's why you like the planets, man. One, get off your feet. Two, stomp your boots to the beat. Hey, there you go. Yeah. I was just one. listening. I was just listening to Mustard Plug on the way home from Lansing because uh, my partner was like, I really want to listen to Mustard Plug. And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> that's fine with me. <laughs> I like mustard plug. I love mustard plug. Yeah. Big fan. Very fun. Very uh, fun. Yeah. Um. Anyways, how do you two feel about that song? <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's yeah, not it's... like earth shattering or anything. No, it's just it's not shattering. It's just fun. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it is fine and fun. <laughs> What do you got? What do you uh, got, Robert? That was just a, that was just an off offside thing. It, was, it wasn't really meant to. <laughs> what you what you got? What you got next? So, along with the urban <laughs> environment getting more and more serious, the band began to shed some of their humor in favor of more social and political songs, reflecting the media, gang warfare, and resentment, which resulted in 1987. So, this is three years record every year. Truth and Soul, which once again featured David Kahn on the boards, stylistically features a lot of the band's influences of metal. Ska, punk, funk, and new wave. The song's more settling into individual styles as opposed to the more integrated sound that would come in the 90s. 
but it was acclaimed and noted for its turn to darker lyrics and heavier sounds. Um, here's a little poem, tone poem, that Angelo said at this time. Fishbone soldier fights the war on discrimination on the pigeonhole floors. Fishbone soldier on the stage of life to die once again by a rock and roll knife. Fishbone soldier holds in his in his pain so that in due time he can release his insane. That's uh, anyway. And then so from here, the, the band would enter the turn of the decade, but their life would get complicated to be continued from a story standpoint. Let's talk about truth and soul with Freddy's dead right off the bat. And there's Kendall. Being all metal. It's a Curtis Mayfield cover. That's sweet. Curtis Mayfield. From Superfly. Yeah. The first two Fishbone songs I heard when I was first getting into ska was Fight the Youth and Freddy's Dead. So I didn't know they were a ska band for a while. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. So this is starting to get into their like funk metal, funk rock days. This is very, like, of the time. That's what uh, Ariane also said. Yeah, like, this is very, like, puts me in that era. I'd say that there's a time in my life where I wouldn't have liked that song, where I'd say nowadays I have more of an appreciation. It feels like it could be on the Ghostbusters soundtrack. It's pretty 80s, but I love it. It's still great. (laughs) (laughs) That soundtrack uh, is fantastic. What, Ghostbusters? uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Superfly, okay. Okay. Uh, Justin, what do you? I know Justin has a lot of strong feelings about this song. Ooh, I don't like this song at there all. There we go. <laughs> we, love hot, we love a hot take. We yeah. love a hot take. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> give it. Give it to <laughs> He's like, I just don't like it. I don't necessarily think it's a bad song, but I think it's a bad opening to this record. Yeah, um, fair, fair. If this was a later song, I probably still wouldn't like it very much. Um, <laughs> but at least I could, I could listen to it, you know. Um, yeah. And I've I tried so hard. It's funny because <laughs> Kenny, I think, is the reason why I even got into Fishbone. Um, and Kenny suggested to this record, and I went out and bought the actual vinyl record and put <laughs> put it on and was like, what? the hell is this <laughs> and i definitely tried Kenny? this time <laughs> i definitely tried this time when listening like re-listening to these this record um i just don't like it i don't like the tone Fair. i don't <laughs> i don't know what it i just don't like it <laughs> no you're allowed your feelings are valid know. Slynn's feeling very good right now. I just like when people, I just like, let's all mix it up sometimes. <laughs> and I, I definitely got shit. So I was unaware of people's love for this song because I'm so self, self-absorbed that uh, I assume everyone has <laughs> my opinions, apparently. And uh, <laughs> in our little Discord made a comment like, yeah, I fucking hate that song. And there were Kenny and 
uh, our guitarist Kevin were like, "You're an idiot!" <laughs> like <laughs> they didn't really say that, but no, they should have. <laughs> I realized the same thing about my opinions, uh, especially about ska music, where I was like, I have all the popular opinions. And then I started doing this podcast, and I was like, I have the most unpopular ska <laughs> opinions for somebody who apparently likes ska music. That's that been included. I'd say more people are on Slim I'd say side uh, I'm shocked about how many people yeah. agree with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Some Something about the tone. Um, I love the original uh Kurt, uh, Curtis Mayfield song I love that version but I just don't I don't think it I don't think it works very well with the sort of heavy metal vibe um, but I realize I'm probably an outlier in this so <laughs> no I mean it is kind of jarring like I think Mon Pa is the second track right like listening yeah. to this and then Mon Pa and you're kind of like is this I, the same band? <laughs> I felt uh, the transition jarring. Yeah. And I find on this record, this is them at their most where I kind of mentioned it a little bit. This is my this is probably my favorite Fishbone record. Maybe tied for first with reality in my surroundings. Uh, but this is definitely like this is a metal song. This is a funk song. This is a ska song. Yeah. It's not necessarily like all kind of tied together quite yet. And that kind of comes a little bit later in the 90s when it's like you kind of have a clusterfuck of a song where you're like, this could be literally anything. Uh, but that's, so if you're not liking the individual components, uh, it kind of can mean that not the whole thing works together. So, yeah. Uh, we should play Mon Pa. I have it here. This is what, uh, when this you- has also been very, very recommended. The Planet Smashers. Forgetting. The Planet Smashers themselves. Yeah. They're like, Mon Pa. <laughs> I'm sure I said Manchma. I don't think you did. <laughs> I think you said something loud. I said something. <laughs> I say I love, that. I love in the background. I love in the background just members of Fishbone like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like how in Scotty they're whistling, right? Yeah. I do like that Joey's grooving on this one. Yeah, Joey's enjoying it. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Gro- it's growing on me. Growing on it's you. It's growing on me. The more, because it will, the hook will get in your head. Yeah. And it's a I really great I feel like it could song. be a bit edgier. <laughs> I just think it could be, if it was a little, like, edgier, if there was, like, a little bit more grit on the track, and maybe it was, like, a little bit, like... It's got a little bit more grit, and then I'd be in. But I, and I, but I will like walk, like you know, and be like, like for sure, that's catchy. Yeah, the song dysfunction. I read the lyrics. The lyrics are good. Yeah, so he's trying to help his little sister out, and he's like, "What are you guys doing?" Yeah, this song definitely gets stuck in my head weekly, at least. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll just be at work and just like Ma hates Pa, Pa hates Ma, and, uh, yeah. and people have no idea what I'm talking about. So. <laughs> Kenny, what are your thoughts on Truth and Soul? Well, it's probably one of my favorite records of all time. Uh, so I love it. And Mom Pa, I think when I first heard it, I I was really into Dirty Walt. I'm a big Dirty Walt 
stan if you will um and he uh just hearing <laughs> just trumpet i was like man that trumpet sounds fucking weird and i'd see him playing his little pocket trumpet live and it was just like that's the coolest thing ever like uh i really like how i think the members are kind of fun like like chris dowd plays trombone he sings he plays keys but i like when sometimes they know when to like let dirty walt shine or let angelo shine whereas i think as he gets older and i think we were talking about this um earlier like it kind of becomes the angelo show so this is a big dirty walt moment for me as is like skanking to the beat because he wrote the lyrics to that and sings on it so anytime dirty walt shine and i i'm a i'm a big fan of that he's bringing all the ska so like yeah. he's he's the most legit ska ska guy in the band they're all ska guys but i think to some degree since they helped form the genre but uh he's the one that brought all the two-tone records in so like yeah he's got a real affinity for that stuff um and i think when in the documentary they talk a lot about the democracy of the band was like a big deal especially pre kendall leaving the first time uh and maybe is also the reason why things didn't go well for them uh is like being such a democratic band uh may have gotten in their way as opposed to like maybe having some more like a fit like band members in responsible for certain things um probably made of made things transition a little bit easier but uh do we want to talk about the the elephant in the boneyard uh <laughs> <laughs> this is the, sure. this is boning what do you want? Why don't you leave me speaking of horny songs <laughs> yeah the horniest of songs yeah <laughs> subtle not that's shy, what i like not about shy on the bass <laughs> yeah real subtle real subtle <laughs> Yeah, this is the Norwood show. This is just a uh, song with nothing lyrics and Norwood just going crazy. Yeah. I don't know why, but the horn sounds so weird to me in a really cool way. Like, there's some sort of studio effect. Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) I think it's alto sax and pocket trumpet on this one. It's a weird sound for sure. They have like a sitcom energy to them. (laughs) (laughs) Is it just because it's got slapping bass? (laughs) Probably. Mario Kart ass song. Oh, that's sure. what Joey said. It sounds like the like Mario Kart credits, or like that you should be picking your cart. <laughs> that is very true, especially in the uh, Mario Kart Eight, that the most recent yeah, one. It, exactly. Like, yeah, put Fishbone in the Mario Kart Eight soundtrack <laughs> and give them give their them damn due. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nintendo. That would change the trajectory of their career forever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Nintendo would be like they, they're getting money now. <laughs> You're not worried about them anymore. <laughs> Nintendo's too worried about putting ACDC in their new movie. Um, wait, has, has anyone seen the Mario Brothers movie? We've all we've seen all it. seen it. In my opinion about Illumination, <laughs> I I called it ahead of time. Where I was like, oh, Illumination's doing the Super Mario Brothers. Let's count off every time a licensed song shows up. 
And sure enough, in the first five minutes, no sleep till Brooklyn comes on. And I'm like, fuck me. I do <laughs> wish they chose different songs because a lot of those songs have been used in other like kids movies before. Well, Especially like I Need a Hero. I'm like, that was a binge track. We got to there's other songs. They, they paid 20 grand for that. Like, five. I, years I ago forgot we were on record for a moment. <laughs> I like literally just like totally zoned out and was like, no, just pals talking about Mario movie. It uh it was very jarring and angered me to a core that I did not know to hear Thunderstruck during a Super Mario. I Brothers didn't like movie. it. I was no. just sitting in the theater fuming and probably yeah. radiating heat or something, like, <laughs> what is this? Especially considering the score is very good. Like mm-hmm. I think they did a great job with the score. Yeah. And And like, I love the movie. Like well spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah, it's good. It was fun. I went yeah. with my six year old. I liked so. it. I yeah. liked it. Um and I I you know, everything but two vocal performances, which you could do without. <laughs> and then the rest of it was great. What two? Like other than Chris Pratt. And Seth Rogan. Oh. What was it. he? Oh, DK. Yeah, I like just DK. not doing an impression of anything, just being Seth Rogen. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, back to Fishbone. So Fishbone. <laughs> I don't know if sorry, I have anything else. Sorry, I uh, sorry I guided us on a little tangent, but <laughs> you're being um, a real Celine right now. Subliminal fascism is a great song. Yes, that's my last. That thing. I are you not playing it? <laughs> I don't have it. Oh, that's I like, already have that, eleven songs. That's I, like I arguably. Like I said to Joey it when it played, "That's like my favorite song." Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. It's punk as fuck. It's punk as fuck. It's yeah. hard as fuck. And that's the, a sweet song. Subliminal fascism is incredible. So there are songs yeah. that I did learn. There's some songs I really, really like. And and would you listen to Fishbone again? I would listen to that song again. Are you excited to potentially have to do like two or three more Fishbone episodes? I'm curious to see if there's more punk as fuck songs. I'm sure there is. I feel like there is. So not to like give it away now, but <laughs> give it away, give it away, give it, give it away now. This is like we're we're ending, <laughs> we're ending their Scott. <laughs> I just like looking over and Kenny shaking their head. <laughs> That's what I deserve. This is like the end of their like ska phase, basically. Oh, this it. This is basically it. Yeah. The okay. 80s basically is like the cutoff where they kind of take a, a bit of a move into something else. They still do. They mm-hmm. still play with the ska. Okay. But the 90s is like that's. just pro- Is it really yeah. proggy going forward? No, it's heavy. It's heavy. So yeah, super heavy. Okay. Yeah. And so like past past guest, Sam of Witch Police Radio. His, that's the, his, his favorite re- His era? favorite is like reality surroundings to Chim okay. Chim. So okay. which I've heard okay. from a few people that that's their favorite. I'm down for the journey. <laughs> You probably dig like Unyielding Conditioning is like a ska song that's on. That's one that one. I have yeah. heard because yeah. that was one that people recommended. And I feel like that was the one I liked the best out of recommendations. But they're K-Moy, I think. Yeah, Kamoy, yeah. They're gonna get they're gonna get super heavy starting in ninety one. Okay. And it's gonna change the course okay. of history forever. Do you want should we play a game? Are we ready to play games? Yeah. Joey, are you coming yeah. on mic? Sure. Hi. Hi, Joey. Hi. <laughs> All right, I didn't get it. Okay, I got a thing. I'm actually kind of embarrassed to do this one. It's not very good. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hell yeah, let's do it. Your expectations, I know we're at an eight. You're like, Rob's going to do his parody song before the game. Bring it down to like a three. So it's gonna be really good. <laughs> what if I'm already? Look, I can't. I can't. I can't even say it. It's so stupid. Okay, you're gonna have to. Now I have to. I've committed. Yeah. 
Les had a funky red bass. He played so goddamn fast. Never did win no Grammys. Never came on checkered past. Les was a funk rock man. He'd say nonsensical shit. With a bunch of weirdo hats, the South Park song was his only hit. Mm. The song, I don't have a name for this game, but it's the funk rock game. That's not the worst. That's pretty good. (laughs) Okay, thank you. (laughs) So here's how this game works. Okay, I went to my, my good friend... Chat GPT and asked asked them an important question. Sorry, writers. <laughs> well, actually, it's because Ranker <laughs> Ranker did not have. I usually go to Ranker for these things, but I decided to do it this way. So I said, "Imagine it's the year 1995, and you are the biggest funk metal funk rock fan in the world. What are the 20 essential artists that you have at all times?" So this is going to be one of these games where we do it Family Feud style. Mm-hmm. So Celine, Joy, and Poindexter. We'll go around the table, and you have to try to name one of the 20 essential funk metal, funk rock artists mm. that uh, <laughs> Joey's happy. Yeah. No, I'm not happy, Joey's but I not just happy. think it's funny. Yeah. So, again, th- my chatbot decided on this, and it's as of the year 95. So, wherever chat GPT is pulling info from. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, if you, get, if you get a wrong answer, you get an X. Three Xs, and you're out. So whoever's last man standing wins, last woman, last them standing, everybody. Uh, where should we start? We'll start with, oh, does everybody understand the rules? Sorry, that was kind of confusing. Okay, yeah, I think got? I do. Okay. <laughs> so do they each get a? Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll do them all separately. Yeah. We'll do it separately. So yeah. Justin, since you're on the, I'm going to go right to left. We'll start with you. Okay. Um, so the question is 20 essential funk metal bands. Funk rock, funk metal bands. Yeah. Or I should say, artists that would be in a funk rock, funk metal fans catalog in 95. I mean, I'll just go with the obvious one and say Fishbone, right? <laughs> yeah, Fishbone, yeah. Thank you. Woo. I was wondering how fast it was going to be. I only have like one in my head. Kenny? Uh, Faith No More. Faith No More is in that list. That is Definitely. correct. This doesn't even count, actually. Never mind. This is funk rock. I don't know if I have anything. Funk metal. Funk, just think of the late eighties, early nineties. Think, think of who yeah. you thought Fishbone was oh, associated Pri- with. Primus. Yeah, it's number one. Number apparently. one with a bullet. Yeah, well, the list came back with. I'm gonna one. go with the Chilies. Yeah, the Chilies are on there. Oh, Got that's what I was there. gonna say, but yeah. that was gonna be my one. But I didn't think they'd count as metal. So, so we're not gonna. He said rock as well. Funk rock, funk oh, metal. You did say yeah. rock. Justin, back to you. Those I don't remember. Ones. I don't remember what the two <laughs> were just said, so I might get uh, nice. Chili Peppers and Primus. And Primus. Primus. Yeah. Okay. I was definitely gonna say Primus. Um. <laughs> um. I'm not. I'm not really <laughs> well versed in funk metal. Honestly. Me either. <laughs> this is why it's gonna um, be fun. So fun, Rob. Uh, it's like the genre Rob knows. Just watching everyone squirm. No, like Let's, half uh, of these I don't know. I don't know if this counts, but let's go Living Color. Yeah, it yeah. does. Hell yeah. Whoa. Number six. Okay. Okay. Okay, Kenny? Shit, that's what I was going to say. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. 24, uh, 24-7 Spies? Yeah, 24-7 Spies. Mm, all right. I, like, I don't, I don't. One of these bands. Yes. Parliament is on there. Yeah. Sick. Sick. Yeah. There's not, there's only three like classic funk bands on here, but they're very obvious. Well, that's it. Then have Funkadelic. Funkadelic is on there. Yeah. I'll go with that one. 
I, I thought those ones would get missed because I thought they were a little too too crazy. Justin, so far we haven't missed one yet. Um, <laughs> I thought of one, but it's kind of dumb. Uh, I'm gonna just say it. Uh, Incubus. <laughs> Incubus is on there. Hey, yeah, man. I was gonna say that one too. I'm so I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry. Well, sorry. How about the band that I feel like early Incubus rips off, Mr. Bungle? Mr. Ooh, Bungle is on Bungle, the list. Yeah. Yes. Damn, this is going well. <laughs> Slynn was skeptical. Until, until I had it and then it's gone. I had something. Bootsy Collins can't yes. count. Bootsy. Bootsy Collins is on there. And we're officially out of 70 yeah, I was stuff. Gonna say, well, that that takes away my, one of my guesses. Yeah. I was going to George Clinton, but. No, George Clinton. No, who's listening to solo George Clinton? That's not for anybody. You know what? I'm going to take a little bit of a shot in the dark here. You said it was stuff that would be in this person's collection, right. CD collection. In the 95, yeah. Cypress Hill. No, but that's a good... <sighs> and I think they weren't quite yeah, at uh, the rock stage quite yet. No, but it might have been in that person's collection. That's, that's Maybe. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> good guess, Joey. X, X though. Eh. Justin. First X. Sorry, Joey. Um, it happens. I might get an X here. I'm going to say Rage Against the Machine. Oh, <laughs> nicely yeah. done. A hundred percent. Yeah. By that point, their, their first album would have come out. Yeah. Kenny. Probably going to get an X for this one. Uh, P.O.D. Ooh, too early. But that was a good Ray. guess. Oh, yeah. Because it's 95. Sick guess. Uh, yeah. And oh, yeah, I feel so alive. Well, a lot of their like Here very comes the... early, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The early stuff is like funk metal Jesus stuff. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> funk there, metal Jesus. Because of the time I put in there, there was another band that would have fit perfectly in there, but would have been later. So but, yeah. This might yeah. is probably wrong too. Yeah. Jamiroqua quite. Quay. No, that's a. Qua. I mean, at this point, Jamiroquay Quay would have been doing like a lot of like acid jazz. Okay. So I was, think it's yeah. funk pop, but it is. I just like, yeah. that's all I had. Joey? Oh, man. So Justin's having a good run here. Yeah, I know. I'm really, I've definitely run out of stuff that I'm trying to. There's only eight left. Get, oh, I have something, but I don't know. I don't know. It's not oh, good. Man, like funk, metal. I keep rock. doing this in my head. And like just try to think where that like, yeah, just, like What metal stuff with poppy, <laughs> yeah, like, slappy bass yeah. was going on. And there was so much of it. And I can't. But now it keeps just going. Can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and that's all that keeps also, playing in my head. And I'm also trying to think of Chili's adjacent stuff and I'm, like chill what who are the Chili's buddies? Yeah. Uh Flea this the one Flea isn't this, Flea have a solo this isn't that funk, but maybe like porno for Pyro. Ooh, that's a good guess, but no. Dang. Was that Maynard? Or is that uh the other Perry guy? Perry Farrell. Oh, oh yes. Interesting. I just, wanna, Justin. I just want to say that I started this game by saying I don't know too much, so I really don't. <laughs> I'm not trying. To- <laughs> you got five correct so far. So four. four, sorry, yeah, but about to have five. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something probably dumb, but corn. Uh, 
Uh, no corn. Whoa, too that's early. a good no kind corn. of good one. Too though. early corn. You, you know what would have showed up out. potentially is, uh, it's not on this list, is the band LAPD, which was what corn was called before. Oh. Yeah. Neat. Kenny, <laughs> Kenny, how about you? That was neat. Uh, shot in the dark here, but I'm really into this St. Louis band called The Urge, uh, but there's a band called Jimmy Chicken, Jimmy's Chicken Shack that I recently found that played a lot with them. Would they be on the hmm. list? Yeah, they've been around for a long time. Yeah, I love The Urge. Big fan. Yeah. Uh, you're dancing around something, but that is incorrect. Oh. Yeah. Dang it. Very, very close to a correct answer. Also, Joey was very cr- close to a correct answer. I kind of want to be free from this hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, I Well, there's like that one cover that Limp Bizkit did. Right. Yeah, Limp so Bizkit. No. So no. <laughs> that, that one cover that they did. They have that one funk. Faith? Don't... Yeah. <laughs> That's so funky. So funky. I don't know. Okay. Disturbed <laughs> probably has a fun cover. You're too late. Like That's like late, late 90s. I and want to metal. be free from this yeah. hell. You're also confusing funk metal with new metal. Joey, what's up? Oh, fuck, man. Forget, I mean, we're in the dregs. To be yeah, I, I really, I, I don't think And you are so close one. to a correct answer. Oh, You're going to be really? so pissed when Dang I give it to you. From the Cypress Hill guest? No, I'm not going to tell you which guest was close. (laughs) When you got to gotta give it to you, Joey. I don't like that. Uh, You know what lyrics were really bad? Red Hot Chili Chili Peppers Peppers lyrics. I looked up. I looked up some in attempt to do that for the parody, and I was like, "This is dong dong ding (laughs) dang dong dong ding dang." Yeah, Chew Man Kill Coyote. Beautiful. Uh, I got nothing. You're, you're fully passing. Fully All right, passing. Joey's Joey's knocked passing out. Passing away. That's right. it for Joey. I'm dead. All right, Justin. I have died. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> a thing when I'm, there's twenty I'm, of them. Yeah, I think I might have oh, tapped. I might have tapped. I kind of have own. one. Oh okay. no, it's the wrong era. You're gonna tap out? No, I, I'm saying I might have tapped out. I'm gonna. Oh, okay. I'm gonna fight to the end. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there's always one person who really doesn't want to God, doesn't want to hell. just is like I gotta, gotta win make this. it. <laughs> um. Oh, um, clutch. Uh, no, I've heard some people throw clutch around. God, but... I just thought of one. Oh, and that's I'd... Good. oh man, uh, but that's 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 an X. I clutch is I like clutch. Out, though. Big, big clutch though. God. Uh, Kenny. Uh, infectious grooves. That's yes, the one I literally right. just thought Infectious about. Infectious grooves, sui- suicidal uh, tendencies, yes. funk metal band. Yeah, I ju- it just popped into my head. I was like, suicidal's other band. Do I, am Infectious I out? Groups? No, you got one no, more one shot. Okay, well, I'm gonna make a guess, but it's not right. The Danko Jones. No, that's awesome. <laughs> that Canadian, is also shockingly close. A, a Canadian blues so. rocker. Uh, what's his song again? What's the one we sing all the time? Oh, it's just a sticky, just a sound? sticky situation. Oh, that's a no, the song. No, Sound of Love was a big He looks great song, also. The we love looked him up and he looks amazing. Oh, yeah, the, the love, love call, call, baby. Danko, <laughs> Sorry, no guys, Danko Jones, too much Canadian. Too Canadian for yeah. you? Check out My- Danko Jones. It, it, it's it's <laughs> like fun Motorhead style, like blues rock that's overly sexual. It's pretty funny. And, so, and yeah, I don't hate horror and, music. I like Danko Jones. And Danko Jones is on the right side of politics. Yeah, his, he's a his cool His Twitter dude. is incredible. That... That um, uh, you're out, right? Uh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm oh, okay. So oh, so Lynn's now, now out. I'm okay, out. so this is Justin v Kenny. Uh, so basically, if it's either of you, sudden death. 
Sudden death. Sudden death. Yeah. If either of you can name another one, we'll call it a victory. Otherwise, it might be a tie. Oh, boy. Um, How many have we got? One? Man. So, again, the urge was close. And I'll say Porno for Pyros was close. There's the only seven tip, left. Tips that I have. The urge then, is then, close. So. Urge. Yeah. Dang. Um. Three eleven. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. We should have known. We did it. Three eleven episode. We've done a three eleven episode. Yeah. That's How right. F- <laughs> yeah, that is. Come I can't original. None of us got that until now. Um, Jane's addiction. But I guess oh, Justin. Fuck. Jane, Jane's addiction. Jane's you even throw around one. Perry Farrell. You're oh, just like man, the other Jane's one. addiction. Yeah, that's an obvious. <laughs> you know, one. you know Perry yeah. Farrell's band, Porno for Pyros. His other band. His though. other band. Lenny Kravitz, Spin Doctors. Lenny, Lenny Kravitz, Extreme, Spin Doctors, Extreme, Spin Doctors. <laughs> yeah, Mordred and Mindfuck. It really got crappy. In excess isn't in there. If hey, you know. want to buy me flowers, well, you ever hear that drum? Now. The drum beginning sounds like it'd be in a funk band, like. <laughs> just, just the <laughs> intro part. So yeah, add I don't some like funky to... bass to it, and we're golden. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, I uh, so this is a. T- I'm going to just do a Todd Berry joke. I know it's kind of hacky to do other people's jokes. He has a bit on one of his records where he says, I was in the park the other day and I saw the bass player for the spin doctors reading bass player magazine. And that would be like, if I was sitting in the park and somebody uh, came up and saw a uh, beautiful hazel eyes magazine. <laughs> Very silly. Uh, anyway, Todd Berry. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, let's go to the Discord Who for won? questions. Question the answers. If, Kenny won. Kenny won. Kenny yeah, pulled out 311. Yeah, yeah that's... Yeah. Um, Yay, bring Kenny. it back to Scott. Yay. Bring it back to Scott. Woo! Congratulations. So Aaron Hibbert, the power-up, asks... He, he says, I have only one question. How is Kenny Plant doing today? Uh-uh. I... I uh... <laughs> I'm missing you, Aaron Hibbert, and I love you. Oh, we love Aaron. We we hung out with with him a great deal at a- SPI Fest. Him and my wife are like best friends now. They hung Besties. out. At, yeah, they're like, having so much fun. They're having a great time going to vegan food trucks and stuff. That were just just having a party. Uh, Kmoy. Oh, Kmoy did ask a question. When Everyday Sunshine first hit theaters in 2012, we all learned not only the story of Kendall Jones, but we actually got to see the man himself be interviewed. How did you feel? What was that like for you? So I have never watched the Everyday Sunshine documentary, so I pass it to Kenny. I'm going to have a totally different answer. Uh, I drove to like a independent like uh, movie theater, like hours from where I lived with a friend to go see it. Um, and, uh, seeing Kendall is just like, uh, I just made it, made it all like make sense. It made like the band more cohesive than like the still stuck in your throat era lineup and beyond, uh, for me. And, uh, just seeing like how they had healed because like, you know, Norwood had gone to get Kendall when Kendall, um, went to join the, uh, religious cult with his dad and, Norway got arrested so just like the power of like that that um friendship and how they're able to heal and um 
like at the end of the documentary, I think it's towards the end when Kendall like comes up to play Party at Ground Zero, I think it is, after like twenty years, I definitely was tearing up. So uh yeah, it's 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 really really great to see Kendall. And like when they did the um Allison Chains cover, I think that was last year or the year before, uh Them Bones where it's Kendall playing with them. I don't know if anyone else has seen this. Uh that was really fucking cool too. So yeah, uh, that made his rounds on Twitter. That was that was sick. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, so Mitchy <gasps> from Mega Friends, Michi. Michi, right? I keep saying Mitchy. Uh, <laughs> how was your first show back in three years? I hope it was fun. <laughs> Very kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, my experience was it was very good. Um, it was. I was very nervous, um, more so than I, I, I don't know if I've ever been as nervous going into a show since being a teenager. Um, I, and I don't really know why I was so nervous because, you know, it's punk rock, it's ska, it's whatever, but I don't know. I was just re- really nervous, excited. Um, and then once we got there, it was fine. I actually, we <laughs> We we have video of it, and I was watching it back this morning, and I'm playing so fast. Like, I was like, what are you doing? You're playing these songs at, like, 300 beats per minute. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> and that was I mean, probably because of nerves. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> makes you play faster. It makes me speak faster. I was going to say, That's I definitely it. talk faster when I'm nervous. So yeah. relatable content. <laughs> but it was good. I mean, everyone seemed to enjoy us and even hours later people were coming up to uh at least i had this happen to me a few times where somebody would come up and say like oh poindexter you are really awesome and just awkwardly (laughs) say thank you and walk away as fast as i could (laughs) because of anxiety but um yeah it was good it was great how about you, Kenny? How was it? How did it feel you back on stage? Uh, well, I as just Justin, I think, like hugged me a few times because I was very uh, anxious too. I um, also am like the band mom. They call me. I'm very like, <laughs> does everyone have it? Do you have your set list? Do you have the camera? Like, does everyone have water? Did everyone eat? Did everyone? take a dump before the set, whatever you have to do. uh, So I was very in mom mode until like an hour after the set. Um, It was very wound up very tightly. I'll just say that. Um, I wasn't like being a, being a dick or anything. I hope I wasn't. I was just like really worried about uh, playing in front of Jer. That was my biggest, like as a trombone player, I'm like, holy shit, Jer is right here. And even though they played a song with two songs with us on stage, I was just like, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm mostly a self-taught trombone player. So I get really like big imposter syndrome sometimes too. So after that, it like, after we finished, it was, uh, very, felt very good to play a show again. And, um, overall it was just a great time. Um, I don't enjoy shows very much anymore, to be honest, uh, which has been really hard on like a like a mental health level. So it just felt good to enjoy a show again. So 
Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, we found like we had a lot of issues with our live show too, and then but when we were done it, we were like energized to like do it again. A lot of anxiety up front. Then you do it, you go into like your like blackout when you're on stage, and then you come out of it, and you're like, oh, that was fun. We should try to do that again. Absolutely. <laughs> to uh, to expand on Kenny being nervous around Jer, uh, let's just. I just want to say that you weren't the one that wore a We Are the Union hoodie <laughs> to rehearsal <laughs> where Jer was there. <laughs> yeah. I, I put it I put on my We Are the Union hoodie in and got in the car and was driving and thought, wow, I look like the biggest fucking dork ever, probably. <laughs> and then I walk in, I say hi, and Jer <laughs> says, nice hoodie. Oh no! Don't make it worse. <laughs> Don't make it worse. Don't acknowledge it. <laughs> if you're anything like me, you're like, "What hoodie?" Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> obviously, what I was wearing. Obviously, they were joking around and of didn't mean it in a malicious, <laughs> you no, know, way. But no, <laughs> it was just like the worst fear of like, "Wow, I look like a loser," and then immediately, Jer. <laughs> Nice hoodie, dork. <laughs> <laughs> so at least right, Kenny, well, Kenny, you didn't do that. True. True. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Poindexter, thanks for uh, for joining us on the show today. Uh, before we sign off, what do you got to plug? Um, oh. While we're on all the social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Poindexter Band or at Poindexter Ska. Uh, EP from 2020 is on Bandcamp, uh, so go check that out. Our album Treats will be out uh, late spring, hopefully in like a month, month and a half. Uh, we're just finishing up the Barry saxophone, and then it will be done. Um, so that'll be out, and uh, yeah, I don't play in any other bands anymore, so I have no other bullshit to plug. So <laughs> what about you, Justin? Um, yeah, I don't play any other bands, thankfully. Um, <laughs> managing two bands is too hard. Um, there, there are members that we had on stage yesterday that are in like three bands mm-hmm. and work and go to school. And I just don't understand that. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess the only thing I just want to shout out to is, uh, Chris from Scott Punk International and, uh, all those bands, Hans Gruber, um, especially uh go check out ska punk international bands because they're all good and i just discovered them this <laughs> year yeah. and they're all good <laughs> truth hell yeah truth. truth uh thanks for listening to check your past hit us up on instagram twitter youtube and tiktok at check your past pod send us an email at check at gmail.com support the pod and get bonus content including a full length and unedited audio of this episode sign up for our checkered head patreon at patreon.com slash checkered past we also have merch available at checkeredpast.ca. Checkered Past is edited by Ariane and engineered by Joey. And our Scott associate producer is the self-same Chris Reeves of Scott Punk International. So until next time, I'm Rob. Selen. And in the mortal words of Fishbone, hey, Checkerheads, what the hell is wrong with y'all? <laughs>